Hello everyone, my name's Connor Mack and this is Job Jumpers. The show for those of us stuck in the trap of jumping from shitty job to shitty job. Today on the show I have Grayson Peltier. We have a great conversation about his work with political organizations, some shitty Craigslist jobs, AEW, and a whole lot more. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Grayson Peltier. Hey everyone, welcome to Job Jumpers. Today on the show, I have Grayson Pelletier. Is that there's a Peltier? Peltier? Uh, Grayson Peltier. 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 Okay. Thanks for coming on the show. Just want to ask how you're doing today. What's going on in your life right now? How are you feeling? Um, I'm doing pretty good today, Connor. Um, I'm glad to be on your show. Uh, I actually, this is kind of right now a slow time for me in terms of work um, because I've managed to sort of transition into what I originally went to school and wanted to do, which is political and advocacy communications. Um, So with the election being wrapped up, um, I I have a bit more free time right now than typical, and I'm just trying to build out my own content platforms, uh, my my own podcast, the Fixer Punk Podcast, which uh, talks about these types of issues involving job quality um, and other social issues and political issues um, and bridging the divide between personal and social change. Um, because I see that the personal is really political and these types of issues, things that people are experiencing in their jobs every day um, and other social ills are in fact either contributing to or detracting from their ability to achieve certain goals in their own life. Um, and that's what I, what I'm focusing on there and trying to build that out and have that be a bigger part of my business and my work. You know, for me, all there, there's so many times where I get into a job and I'm, I'm, you know, friends with a guy, just like a guy on the job and, and, and their whole thing is like, Oh, you know, they're apolitical, you know, but, but, um, but they're, they're struggling just like you or me. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it can be difficult to like bridge that that gap, you know? Um, yeah. A lot of people are, are just kind of too, too tired and, and, um, you know, too busy in their day-to-day lives to kind of even get a chance to think about the bigger picture, which, which I think is, is, I, I guess by design, I don't know. Yeah. I've heard a quote on that. I, I don't know by whom, but I've heard that, Yes, it could be just that you're getting so tired from your job, you're being so drained out, so burned out, that you don't have time to think about the political ills that are causing the problems or the ways that you could establish solidarity and or organize with your with your fellow workers to try to advocate for change. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that, that definitely rings true. Um, but, but that, I mean, that's cool. You're, you're kind of building your own thing right now you're, you're kind of trying to um sustain yourself i guess kind of yes yeah and that's the thing is that i really want to sort of avoid this loop this sort of trap this chokehold that i've experienced in the workforce and it's very un- it's it's very unfortunate because i feel like a lot of people are going into this this situation, especially those who are younger in their 20s, recently graduated college. Um, I think in particular, those who are the quote unquote boomerang generation who have gone back to 
their um, hometowns in like suburbia, the quote unquote breeding ground type towns, the kind of towns that you that the song Warning by Green Day talks about. Um, yes. Yeah. And and unfortunately, there's sort of a trap there when it comes to work, when it comes to employment. Um, and uh, and what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to build out my own business now with technology. The fact that we can work remotely through COVID has really broadened horizons. I was able to I was able to get a job with a major Washington D.C. think tank um, over the past year. Um, and it was, I was able to work remotely for them, which is something that probably pre COVID wouldn't have been a possibility. So it's helping some of those people that are, that are living in their parents' house. They're kind of stuck in this community where your choices for employment are either going to run you into retail food service. There are really highly technical jobs in a few very specific sectors, um, in, in some of these communities. And then there are, the kinds of the the jobber type jobs as I'm gonna I'm gonna call them where you're going into some random random small business tyrant if if you've ever listened to the show Street Fight Radio they use this term small business tyrant um, those random small business tyrants who want to just have some young person underneath them um, and they sort of have their own like mini mini kingdom around them where they think that they're helping but really they're they're hurting and sometimes they're projecting themselves. Oh yeah. So my goal is to, is to not only just like do like jobs like that for organizations that I believe in and causes I believe in, but to have my own podcast and to create content and to really drive a narrative forward that there is a better way to run the economy. There is a better way to become a better person rather than just listening to what all these people around you are telling you. And hopefully one day be able to either have my own show somewhere, um, TV, radio. My original goal back in 2009 when I was doing, when I was on the conservative side, and that's a whole different story. Um, we'll get into that for was, sure. Yeah, was, a, was to be a conservative talk radio host. So I want to create plat- a platform like that. And that is what I am working towards because it really is a totalizing system that they have. And those types of systems and ecosystems, if we bring them to the left, can help to bring lasting change to people, not just give them hope, but then also create our own ecosystem so that we can, instead of having these fiefdoms by these random people with like 10 to 30 employees, we have our own system of rule and we've built our own kingdom, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that is correct and very well said. Um, you know, I, I I've certainly worked for uh, you know small business tyrants. Um, I mean, I I the the first thing that comes to mind is I worked for like a music shop, and uh, the owner. I mean, he he's just kind of like the kind of guy that would make you go on your hands and knees and and just you know clean the walls, you know, and like, wouldn't like, like, you know, wouldn't let you have, have the, like, you know, the customers could have free coffee, but we had to pay. And it just, just ridiculous things like that. Um, but the trap that you kind of brought up, um, is, is something that I really, I, I do want to dive into. Um, just, I mean, it's, it's the, I guess, number one reason I, I'm, I'm really, uh, doing this show is, I mean, 
that that kind of trap is is something that I, I I've been in you know my entire working career you know my first instinct is to escape and to um, run away uh, from you know a situation that I don't feel great in you know don't feel welcome don't feel confident feel abused whatever um, and so what I do is I just jump into a a, a different bad situation you know I just jump from from bad job yep. to bad job. Yeah, if I had a dollar for every single time I told somebody who was either vaguely right-wing, apolitical, or even a straight-up Trump supporter about the problems in the workplace and then they started to agree with me, um, I would be doing way better than I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, it is on, it is honestly a, a nonpartisan issue if you give yourself the chance to think about um, what is actually going on? Thankfully, I have never had to get like that kind of situation, like you yeah, had that music store where you're doing a lot of like physically demeaning things. It's more been like kind of psychological stuff. One thing I do want to mention is that I think that and this may be a little bit of a hard pill to swallow, but the sort of Karen culture, the kind of like customers, customers always right, having to make things perfect for customers is sort of driving the toxicity of workplaces in the in the retail sector. And and sometimes it is the way the consumers are, are handling themselves that does drive that. Now I'm a big I I believe in consumer advocacy. One thing that I wanted to do through my show, if we get to the point where we're doing live call-ins, is deal with some of those injustices in the consumer marketplace that 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 crop up. Um, but there is a difference between a legitimate problem with how businesses are run and what they're doing to their customers and pettiness, minor things, or taking it out on, on service workers. Um, and that is, that, that's another concern that I think for that particular space, um, is, is driving these things on a very, very subtle, um, level, and for those that are not in the retail space, um, I think that um, I think that any sort of customer service situation is dealing with the same problem. Um, but I think that we are going to start to see that trap if and only if we can maintain remote work as being something that's commonplace. We can start to see some of the, that trap go away of being stuck within whatever is in your local five to ten mile radius. Um, for those that are uh, workers that can do remote work. And I think that more than anything, holding on to that with my dear life is, is one of my bigger goals. But then on a mutual and a solidarity level, not just for the workers that are being subjected to those like <laughs> ridiculous conditions of having to do all kinds of stuff, physical, manual labor, but also the workers that are that have seen an improvement in their conditions due to remote work that organizing is an answer for those, for those populations. And I've, I even saw my jobs, I've kind of dropped a few lines of like, you know what, maybe you should do something about this. Maybe, maybe a union is the right thing for me. And the number of people who just don't know what that is, or have never even come to think of it and don't understand their rights is, 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 is incredible. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I've, you know, to your point about customer service and, you know, I guess the whole Karen mentality, as you put it, um, you know, I, I, I've been in hospitality in some form for like a decade 
and I'm like, I'm just kind of breaking out of it a little bit into a different bad, um, <laughs> industry, you know, but, um, but yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And it, um, it's, it's, it's pretty insidious in its, in its effects on, um, the people who, who are working on the, on the ground floor there. Um, it's not, yeah, it, it's, it's, um, it, it, it definitely, hurts the people who who are dealing with uh you know day-to-day issues on the floor and a lot of the 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 big bosses they just have no idea what the reality of 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 dealing with you know uh a an an army of entitled consumers actually feels like um so i think you're you're spot on about that um and you know moving on i i want to ask this question because like one of my pet peeves, um, just being somebody who like whenever I, I meet somebody or if I'm like meeting up with a family member who, who I haven't seen in a while, you know, they'll always ask me about my job. And um, if it's a new person, they'll they'll ask, you know, what do you do? What do you do? And that means like, what do you, what yeah. do, you do for a living? Because like that just work is what you do in 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 our culture and you know f- for me it's it's a it's a hard to answer question because i'm like well i'm gonna leave this job or i just started this job but i don't think i'm gonna stay you know that's like not an acceptable answer um <laughs> so so be, before we we get into the work part of the equation you know what do you do you know, just taking work out of the equation, if, if that was not what was actually meant, if if you just took the question at face value, what would your answer be to to what do you do? That that that's a very good question, Connor. Um really um really it comes uh, it comes down to um some of the stuff that I've already that I've already mentioned a little bit about, but uh, in terms of like things that are not, and one of the interesting things though is that you wind up blend, blending a lot of your uh, your life and your work sometimes, and that happens to me too. Um, but um, really, I, I tend to be very into like uh, helping others to like to advocate for themselves. I tend uh, like I will like randomly jump in and like uh, and for people that I know or when it's asked for to help find solutions to problems and situations. That's kind of my personality is I see something wrong and I want to do something about it. Um, uh, I've also, I've also really gotten into um, professional wrestling watching that. I, I was at an AEW event um, a, couple, a couple weeks ago. It's a really great experience. Um, that's something that has sort of inspired my approach to politics and advocacy quite a bit. Um, and uh, that's gotten a little bit into my, definitely gotten into my work, but that's something that I'm really, really passionate about because I think that the storylines and the stories that are being told um, have a very particular way of inspiring people and especially young men that have gotten like trapped by the Andrew Tates and the liver Kings of the world. There's a lot more positive progressive stuff going on in that space than in any similar space. And I think that's really exceptional. That's something that I like to promote and up- uplift. Yeah. Um, and along the, along similar lines, I've been pretty into, um, into working out, lifting weights, um, that's been something that's been kind of a passion of mine for many years, ever since I 
kind of failed attempt at trying to make the baseball team in middle school, but then I just got a passion training in and of itself. Um, I, I, I was autistic, dys, dyspraxic, which means I'm uncoordinated. So, of course, I kind of sucked on the baseball team. I made it on the track team a record uh-huh. in the 1600 meters, the mile, um, in middle school. Um, kind of peaked in middle school, to be honest, as, <laughs> as an individual, going back through my life. Um, um, but that's... That's kind of how that, that that that's kind of kind of where I am as a person. I like to yeah. I, I, I like to help. I, I like to uh, help advocate for other people. Um, find interesting solutions to problems, um, and then I like to think about think about fighting the world's challenges um, through fictional storylines, and then and then uh, battling out my own demons and making myself a better person through my. Uh, through my training and, and um, ath- whatever athleticism I can still muster out of myself. Heck yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- that's fantastic. You know, I, I, I know, you know, I've, I've, I've got a lot of friends that are into um, AW and, uh, you know, wrestling. And I mean, I, I've never heard it kind of as, as maybe being a, a, a counter to, to, I guess the, um, the, menosphere or whatever they call it the the mra MRA guys that you know i mean because i i mean i i i feel like a lot of people have have you know lost friends to that and it's just kind of uh it's it's uh i mean and that's been a whole debate on twitter for the last week is is oh does the left need a a version of andrew tate and it's just it's very silly because you know it doesn't work like that but um but well, I think we, I think we, I think we're, I think the left is actually getting pretty close. Yeah. Um, from what I've, from what I've seen in wrestling, and I actually had a um, on my on the Fixer Punk podcast um, on on FixerPunk.com. I've written extensively about one of the AEW wrestlers, um, Hangman Adam Page, um, and his storyline and how he went through a lot of anxiety, addiction problems. Um, really a lot of troubles in his life, kind of person who would get swept up into these kinds of ideas. And then he very, like his whole story was not necessarily about how he just gave in and just let things happen, but was a lot about solidarity, was a lot about um, solidarity with his friends and sort of creating a, almost like, it feels almost like an, like an autonomous collective, his, his, uh, the group they joined within AEW, the dark order, um, and then fighting and being strong and getting to the point of winning the world championship. Um, and that storyline and a few other storylines are very, very inspiring. And he's the kind of person who has even said, um, he actually has one of the better tutorials on Jungian organizing that I've seen from pop culture is in an episode of being the elite. He, he actually, he said, um, to, to two of his colleagues, um, there's, there's four of, there's four of you and only one of him referring to like the boss of, of their faction. Mm. Um, if you ever grow the balls to do something about it, there's strength in numbers. Yeah. And it's a good way of putting it, um, and showing that you can, you can advocate for social change and finding ways to solve problems of the collective and of the community um, while also becoming extremely strong to the point of being able to win a world championship. And I feel like that sense of achievement and that sense of being able to be your own person 
Um, another quote that I think is going to be from another AEW wrestler that I think is going to be pretty salient to this conversation is from Darby Allen, who just won the TNT championship a few weeks ago. He says, um, for forever, I was listening to other, I, I was listening to what other people told me about myself and I, and I, and I, and I believed it and I felt horrible. But when I started to listen to myself, um, then I became alive again or something like that. I'm probably messing it up. Um, but that is a sense that a sense of strength that these men's rights influencers give to these young, young men, but really it's vacuous. It isn't yeah. giving them anything because they're, they still have to, even though they're, they're doing their hustle university or whatever, they're still show, having to show up to their, to their 725 an hour job the next day. And there's no change in that situation. They're, they're not going to have the startup capital to, to start their own business. They're not going to be able to do anything because the economic system is crushing them. And, and they're also getting all these internalized messages about how bad they are as people. Um, so it was very good deprogramming type experience for me. (laughs) Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I, I think a big thing is, I I mean, there's so much like, uh, stake that gets put into this kind of individualism and a lot of people don't think you know that people on on the left or uh you know broadly broadly progressives that you know uh can you know can uh value individual you know the the individual and yes i mean they, they they kind of think of it as uh you know mutually exclusive you can either be a collective or you can be an individual and it's actually it's 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 not that's not the case um like you can still build up the individual and be be you know stronger in numbers and better together and and build each other up in in a collective um it's 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 not one or the other, um, which which I think is 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 an important lesson to learn. And a lot of a lot of people these days don't don't see that 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 those two things can coexist. Yes, they definitely can, and that is actually part of my whole journey into coming into the into the left is realizing that those two things don't have to be mutually exclusive. I, why, why I always, I say that both of the, those things can always work together and they do work together. And you do have a system that allows people to have the most autonomy while also allowing them to become their best self um, by giving them the resources that they need to achieve that. Yeah. I think is, is what we need to emphasize um, on the left as well and showing them that, look, you're not going to become a weaker version of yourself. You're going to be able to have the resources to become a better ver- version of yourself when we start increasing wages, when you start having better working conditions, when you start having more access to health care, when you're financially able to um, to get better food for yourself, when you're able to deal with your debt problems, your um, your financial situation and be able to actually save and invest for the future. You're going to see those material changes in your life that you were hoping that you were going to get just from hustling your way to it. Um, and that is actually, and, and I, I, I typically cap it off with the line woke does not equal weak. And that is what 
what I, I, I like to repeat that, just tell people woke does not equal weak just because you care about other things and, and, and actually care about other people doesn't make you weak. But in terms of this, the, the whole hustle society, I got into trying to get myself into these kinds of toxic work environments, largely because I, I graduated college. I graduated from uh, the university of Southern California with honors with a degree in political science. Um, I had a bit of health issues um, from a head injury and I wound up coming back home. I, I missed out on an internship, a few key opportunities while in school. Um, and from there, uh, I, I, I saw that my credit cards were like maxed out and just what I was trying to do was trying to hold myself over just with whatever, like random jobs I found. I put up a, I put up a Craigslist post seeing because I was like, okay, I'm going to get myself out of debt. And I was actually even listening to like Dave Ramsey back then. I was sort of breaking out of the conservative side of things, but I was still listening to like Dave Ramsey. And I was like, oh my God, I can, he's like, okay, you're, you're to get out of debt. All you have to do is just add an extra job, add an extra job. Okay. You're working a regular job. Then just go and deliver pizza after work. Um, and then once you do that, then you'll be able to start paying off your debt and then just cut up all your credit cards, close them down. I thought that I was going to be able to achieve all of those things if I just threw myself into the workplace and did whatever I could. Um, and I started out with just random, I wrote probably the most like, I don't know, groveling Craigslist post ever looking for like virtual remote jobs because I was, back then it wasn't as prevalent. And I would get all these random clients. Some of them were really great people that, that, that did care, that were fair, that paid well. Um, what kind of work were you doing? Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. I should, have, I should have gotten into that. But what I was doing was mostly like marketing type. It was a lot of it was marketing type work, but I was also, um, I was also doing some accounting, um, and some like administrative stuff of like Excel spreadsheets and, uh, managing, uh, a little bit of like just managing lists and general like administrative type work. And then in some of them, I was doing uh, more content creation, just straight up like article writing, not like video content or image content, but just article writing. The bulk of it though was, it was like either digital marketing or like bookkeeping, um, and QuickBooks stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And did you feel like you, you kind of had too much on your plate? Um, it was kind of that, but it was also the fact that it was very, it, it's very, when, when you're finding clients for virtual assisting online, um, it's, it's very inconsistent, inconsistent pay. Yeah. But then it's also very demanding because what will happen is, is that a lot of these people will just like, they'll pay you for just like three hours of time at, at a time. And they'll get very dogmatic about like, no, 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 this has to stay within this very little amount of money. We have all this work to do. Um, so it's like, I may not have a filled up eight hour work day, but I have to be ready to take a call at any time mm -hmm. whenever I want something that has to be done right away. And then they're very demanding and, and, treating you like you're a full-time worker when you're just somebody that's getting paid a little bit of just a little bit of money uh, for doing some stuff. And sometimes they get like, they see you as very much less than some of, some of these clients saw me as very, very much like less than, even though I had years of experience, I had journalistic training. I was, I was trained by a former presidential speechwriter when I was at 
um, when I was in the conservative movement, I went out to a conference, um, got some pretty extensive journalism training. But the on the the person that hired me to do article writing was just like extremely, extremely nitpicky, more than any of the highly qualified people that I've had in the political field in the past. Um, and this was not, this was in a different, it was in a different space. It was more finance related. Um, but the content wasn't like I needed, it wasn't anything about the technical knowledge about it. It was just extremely nitpicky style type stuff. And then they kind of, even though they're paying you very little, I saw a pattern with them where they would sort of see themselves as like your savior. Like they would come in there and they're like, oh my God, you have all this great background. You have this great talent. You shouldn't be stuck doing this kind of work. But if you stick with me then and, and you listen to me and typically giving you like the most boomer trope type advice um, and, and then dangling the carrot of full-time work over and over and over again, um, then, then you'll be able to become your, 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 your best self. So I think that sometimes they get a little bit of satisfaction out of providing pseudo mentorship and they're like, okay. (laughs) I mean, you know, it sounds very, uh, like predatory and manipulative. And I mean, just like looking for work on Craigslist in general, I, I feel like there's a lot more risk involved, you know, when, when you're kind of just, uh, getting messages from from strangers like were you ever scammed out of money you know like 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 what kind of situations did you get into with um these jobs or or were they all all surprisingly semi-legitimate yeah they were all pretty much legit anything that was a straight-up scam i knew how to i i knew the heuristics of it right away i got myself out of it uh, but the other point was, and then the whole thing about finding jobs on Craigslist, um, my mom made that point too. My mom, in a way, like the way she raised me, I'm very lucky to have her. Um, she's been a manager of people herself, uh, been a vice president of sales for major television networks. And she would be, she would always tell me like, don't go and search for work on Craigslist. Um, and the way that your bosses are, the way your bosses are treating you is, is problematic. I would, I would have never treated any of my staff the way that they're treating you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, but then what I started to realize is because like, I, when you're looking for like, especially if you're looking for just like like either part-time work or you're, you're not like an ideal candidate for anything. Like you don't have like very specific technical skills. You wind up, you wind up getting stuck and forced to go on Craigslist because that's the only place you're going to find jobs. If you have somewhat of a non-conventional background, anybody who is not like the ideal full-time worker um, on their face, somebody like somebody like myself who has a great degree, great education, but not like, like I don't like specifically like for these marketing jobs, which that's why I wound up getting myself into because I had, I had some experience building websites. I had experience doing like social media, digital advertising, all that kind of stuff that I was doing for political clients. And then also for clients that I got referred to um, from people. So I had experience there. I also had an associate's degree in communications and in business. So uh, but it wasn't like the exact, like I didn't exactly have a bachelor's or a master's in marketing. So like any of the like big company type application systems wouldn't have necessarily taken me. They would, yeah. they would automatically sort me to the trash. Um, so it's kind of, yeah. Yeah. So you kind of have to do that. 
in terms of like the straight up scams, yeah, I got all the, the ones that like, we're going to send you a check and then you have to send us back money. And those ones I just knew exactly to steer away from. I did have um, a situation where, where somebody was just not responding for a while and wasn't going to pay me. Um, but I did manage to get them to pay um, eventually. I think most of the, um, I think most of the people I worked with knew that I meant business. Even when I found the one like, terrible, terrible part-time in-person job on Craigslist where the boss would apparently treat everybody very, very poorly. Um, the boss knew to respect me and not to mess with me and to make sure that I was taken care of um, because of like my abilities to solve problems randomly for other people and a political science degree. I know quite a bit about the law. So I would all I I would be the kind of person who would actually straight up confront people and tell them yeah, what you're doing they're doing is illegal. So then so that they they know not to mess with me. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean I I think that definitely puts you on a on another level compared to you know maybe maybe the the usual people that they would in you know employ. But um that that makes me think because I you know I, I think we do come from pretty different backgrounds. You know I. I didn't go to college. I I went to um, just a uh, like a, a school for broadcasting uh, right yeah. after high school, and just got like a like a like a certificate, you know, at, uh, after working a program for a year, and then you know did a few internships, and it, it kind of all fizzled out. Um, yeah. Because I mean, they, I I don't know. I, I I was trying to get into radio, and I didn't want to do sports radio because I'm not really into sport. I, I I was being picky. And and, and like radio was falling apart at the time too. Um, and, and so I've been kind of, yeah, shuffling around between hospitality and now I'm kind of getting into more, um, administrative, uh, office work. Um, but I, I, I do kind of want to go back to the, the beginning for you, um, be, you know, cause you, you've alluded to, you know, your, your, uh, you, you, you did go to get a degree, um, and, uh, you you were form you know formally conservative and active in the conservative um sphere is that correct yes yes i was up until 2017 i was a i was a board member of tea party youth um and before then before then i was journalism group captain um, at Tea Party Patriots, and uh, between, I was um, part of the minority outreach effort for another conservative organization, um, which those were some of my first jobs. I was lucky that I didn't have to do like the typical teenage jobs. I, yeah. we, had, we had family business where that was like a restaurant and catering company, but I was pretty much a manager there. I, I pretty much held the title of vice president there because I knew a lot about stuff that I could apply it. Uh-huh. Um, but um, that that was my that was my background there, and pretty similarly to you, I wanted to get into radio, wanted to get into broadcasting, um, and I was actually I guess I'm lucky I didn't go to one of those like certificate training programs for broadcasting. Um, I was telling my mom, you know what, I'm going to do this. Um, I want to go to one of these programs, um, and she said well i she kind of discouraged me from it a little bit um although uh but then she's like well you should go and get an actual degree and what i wanted to um what i wanted to do initially was to um 
was to maybe come back to that after I had my degree. I started out in college actually as a business accounting major because I'm like, okay, I need to make myself money first, and then I can maybe go back and pursue my dreams. But then when I was accepted to um, USC, the University of Southern California, um, uh, my mom was like instrumental in getting me to even have the confidence to apply. Um, but I was a 4.0 valedictorian in community college. And I thought, I, okay, I've been doing political commentary and communications work. Um, and I've been doing that stuff well. I've met some important people for years. I think that now this is the time for me. So um, after a couple of paperwork snafus, I wasn't able to transfer into the um, Annenberg School for Communications at USC, which is... I think it's like either the number one or the number two journalism school in the country. Wow. Um, but I did transfer into the political science program so I could have more ability to take units related to uh, media and be around people in politics rather than just going um, into accounting because I thought that I'd be able to just make a bunch of money uh, in that. So that was kind of where my career got a little bit iffy in terms of my in terms of my education i will say before you you know i i think your mom did did you a favor there um yes absolutely she did i she uh, definitely did like my my parents we we were we went to to sign me up for a semester of community college and i was just like just every fiber of my being just i did not want to do it i just did not want to do it i just got out of school i was like I just, I, you know, graduated high school. I, I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And um, that that was kind of the ultimatum I made with my parents. They're like, okay, you know, do this one year of 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 something, and and you and we we won't make yeah. you go to college right away. And you know, I'm I'm in two minds because obviously I I don't have that the college experience. I don't have a degree, but also like I don't have all that debt either, which is yeah good. So I mean, it's it. <laughs> It's it's uh it's a mixed bag, I guess. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm definitely glad I did it. I could have made more out of my time over at USC, um, for sure, but I'm I, I'm definitely glad that I was able to take advantage of that opportunity. I like I definitely school? what do you like being in school? Yeah, I, I did. I was it was kind of kind of interesting, it would kind of go back and forth, but I definitely did like it. I was actually through elem- through elementary school, middle school, pretty much all of it. I was a very, very good student. Mm. Um, I have autism and ADHD, but academics were never the problem. It was always sometimes like socialization and stuff like that. Sure. But I was always a very good student, always getting good grades, um, struggled a little bit in, in community college with the math related subjects. Um, but, but I actually got through those. I wound up still getting 4.0 in like business pre-accounting classes. And then when I went to USC, because I was able to be part of research into, um, subjects related to political behavior, um, I was able to be around a lot of people who were passionate about the same things that I was in terms of politics. I could do a student TV um, program. I it was it was a very good experience. At times, I would feel kind of like, "What the heck am I doing here?" 
Um, but hindsight 2020 really, it was, it was, it was a really, really, um, great, it, it was a really great experience. And I, and I, and I did, I did very well, obviously to graduate with honors. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, school was always a, a major issue for me and I, uh, I just got by just barely, you know, every year just barely graduated. And I didn't, it didn't find out until like, like four years ago that I, that I have like pretty bad ADHD, um, like inattentive type. So I was just very, um, and then I just kind of made everything in my life make more sense. Um, but, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, interesting uh you know especially about being somewhere where you 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 know you do have people that that are uh you know have share your passions and and you've got more resources to do the things that that you know you want to do i think i think those are all super important parts of of college and i think it is a shame that that more people um are being you know priced out of it um yeah i i i I cringe at the fact that i'm gonna have to start probably repaying my student loans and in June, I have like sixty something thousand dollars, uh, largely from the high cost of living in in LA. I did, I, I got, a, I was good enough to get a scholarship. Um, didn't cover everything though. Yeah, and and there's a lot of value to it, and a lot of like deep intellectual value as well of understanding problems and systems in society um, that comes from a more broad education. And, and that's something that and I almost feel like there's sort of a conspiracy to keep the working class away from knowing all of these things. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, the conservative side is like, no, 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 don't go to college. Just get yourself, get yourself into yeah. the dirt of, of, of working really, really hard. I don't think you don't need, I, I, yeah. I think you're, I think you're probably correct about that one. Um, yeah. Do you, I mean you you don't think uh, Joe Biden's going to wipe all of your debt? Um, I, I he was gonna he was gonna wipe away a good deal of it, but um, Supreme Court won't let him. So that's I, what I'm. I just think uh, I I don't think any part of him actually wants to do that. You know, it's, it's a pretty uh, sad state of affairs. But I I, I do kind of want to know the timeline. You know. Uh, kind of working with with the tea party youth um did that start in college or was that before college or during during no that was like like my involvement in conservative activism and and that stuff started when i was like 12 years old oh wow so that that was back in 2009 actually my first podcast that i was hosting that was a conservative political podcast started back in 2009 when the tea party movement was there i was at the first tea party that was held in in my region here in orange county I was an assistant organizer of the local Tea Party um, or the local 912 project, which was Glenn Beck's form of the Tea Party. So that was from 12 years old. Um, and then when I turned like 16, I was already a journalism group captain. Um, that was where I attended that conference, got that training. I actually got interviewed by Steve Bannon himself on a. I can't find the clip of it anywhere, but when he was with Breitbart and he had his own show called, it was focused on like Hollywood, uh, Hollywood and bringing conservative politics into Hollywood it was called stage, right? Um, and I was on his podcast or his show briefly at this tea party Patriots conference. Um, 
And then 2012 is when I tested out a high school. Um, and I was already starting to think about like different ways because I wanted to improve like diversity and inclusion within the Tea Party movement. So I wound up working in the minority outreach side of things for um, another organization that was sort of more like an internal thing. Um, and then it was, and, and I was also very interested in, I, I was already sort of thinking about almost like anarchist type worker co-op type structures. Even then I was like, okay, I don't believe in, in taking away everybody's freedom with socialism. If you do socialism, you're going to take away everybody's freedom because that's ah. what, that's what I had heard every single day on, yeah. on every single conservative talk radio show that I listened to. Um, and, but how do we do this? How do we get it so that people have more power in their own everyday lives over the economic systems that, that control them? And I was already starting to think along those lines, um, through the time from like 2013, because I was also into, I was into like punk rock and stuff like that through like 2013 up until like 2016 when Trump was elected. And I was already starting to see the cracks come in of like, this is not working. These ideas are not working. The only thing that's happening is we're not making the Tea Party. We're, we're, we, after Trump got the nomination, we failed at making the Tea Party more inclusive and more diverse. Yeah. We failed at, at bringing workers' priorities really to, to, the, to the Tea Party movement. Um, and I started to see that, oh, no, you, we definitely need we definitely need some sort of force to redistribute wealth um, and some mechanism to protect workers from the overly oppressive power of the, of the employer class that is actually causing a lot of this oppression. And, and the, and then I started to see the, the creeping fascism as Trump got elected um, and the tea party, like the youth and the minority outreach stuff that was paying me on um, that kept me, the, the, the kept me around after 2017, it dropped off a cliff because I think they all decided Trump strategy. That's what's working. We don't need to, we don't need to follow the stuff from the 2012, um, the, the, the 2012 postmortem report about they diversity. Kinda, they, they put all their money on, uh, like the alt-right faction. Yeah. 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 So the people, the good that I think that everybody I worked with was almost without exception in the conservative side, good, well-intentioned people, mm. actually really good bosses. Some of my best, my best employment situations were working in, in, in conservative politics because, because we had a mutual respect for each other and for each other's skills and expertise. Mm. Um, and they were already remote work and flexible work arrangements was already a thing in, in politics back in like 2009 because of organizations that didn't want to have office overhead. So that was nice too. Um, but that's, uh, and then, and then gradually as I started to get into these, these, the, these bad jobs and seeing how bad the market was seeing that, no, I can't hustle my way out of problems. Then I started to get more into like, okay, I, I started out with just a few, like it started out in, in college with me. Actually, I took a class in um, skateboarding business and culture of all things at USC. And I started to get Name? skateboarding business and culture, skateboarding and action sports, business media and culture, I think is the full title. Oh my gosh. That's uh that's like a zoomies class. <laughs> 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 
kind of was. Yeah, yeah, kind of was. Um, <laughs> we did have a couple. We 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 had a few notable. Uh, notable pro skaters, one of them, Joey Brzezinski. We got to see the headquarters of Element Skateboards. Um, uh, the Steve Van Doren, um, unfortunately, he's passed. Um, that came to visit, the, uh, who's the guy, uh, one of the members of the founding family of Vans Shoes, um, came to the class. And during that time, through that process, I was like, I was thinking about how like decentralized systems can work and that. And and this idea of having both high levels of freedom, which is a big value of, of skateboarding and punk rock culture, but then also having a highly communitarian approach and attitude. Um, unfortunately, part of skateboarding has really devolved into conservatism um, with a lot of the hustle culture. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's yeah. weird. It's weird because like all the hustle influencers and stuff like that. I can see that. They, that they've gotten in there like, let me flash my Lambo. Um, and then, and then that leads you to real estate investing, the Mikey Taylor pathway. Mikey Taylor is a former pro skater, Okay, but that, but then I started thinking, okay, maybe some of these like more quasi anarchist ideas kind of work that you can have both to have both freedom and autonomy while also being very communitarian and supporting and supporting each other and uplifting each other, um, and and that and that helping others and 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 having a communitarian approach doesn't necessarily mean hyper authoritarianism. Mm-hmm. Um, then with that combined with just like listening to like uh, like I found like random clips of Tom, the Tom Hartman show on YouTube. And up when I was in this the worst job that I had, which was this in person part time marketing job where they were extremely micromanaging us. Um, and, uh, and I, and I'm not sure if I should get into the gory details of that. Um, but then, you want but, to divulge. yeah, at that time, at that time, because I was going to this job where everybody was really unhappy, um, we had to, we had like this whole time clock system that was very, very authoritarian and it would take screenshots of your computer every, like every, like three minutes, something like that. And you, and if you were away from your desk, you weren't moving your mouse for like more than a certain number of minutes, it would clock you out. You'd have to log your bathroom time and mind you, and we didn't, and we couldn't have our phones with us at our desk. They all had to be checked in at a box. Mind you, this was for a digital marketing job. Um, and we were all like professional workers. Um, but because some of us wanted part-time schedules or whatever, this one employer said, take advantage of that because of the sort of asynchronicity between being a full on full-time regular, I can get into the office at eight, leave at six, stay until eight o'clock at night. If I have to, if you're doing the same kind of work, but because you're not, because you're not the ideal full-time worker, they get to treat you like crap. So, or so they believe. And then that's, and, 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 and there that traumatized me like really, really badly. I was in the process of getting treatment for my, um, mental health issues and some of the issues from my, from that past head injury. And then at the end of that, I w- I actually wound up being so stressed out, so freaked out from that job that I wound up, um, basically being told by my doctor to quit that job because of all the micromanaging, the surveillance, the everything being monitored, all of that kind of made me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got paranoid. I mean, I, I think it's so funny how, um, you know, 
these, these people and i mean obviously we, we we know that kind of behavior is is commonplace at you know minimum wage or near minimum wage level jobs you know with the whole time yeah. tracking movements whatever um it, it, you know, I think it's it's very funny how how this is a a, a system that is is uh, meant to be not authoritarian, and, and you're meant to have so much freedom. But but you're absolutely right in saying like that's the most authoritarian, uh, you know, thing you can imagine. At a job is 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 being tracked. You know, your your every movement, um, and obviously we, we've all heard the Amazon warehouse uh, horror stories. But I mean, yeah, that's that's the definition of of authoritarian and it's it's i mean people don't realize that that it doesn't have to be just the government like you know i mean amazon is it's bigger than the government you know what i mean like like these companies are 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 they, they've got more control over us than um than people think um <laughs> the crazy thing to me is is like i i i want to know the reactions you got when you were kind of leaving the that conservative sphere um like do you still have friends that that are in that um realm um were there any people that that were you know pissed at you that 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 don't talk to you anymore because because i feel like that's kind of a hard thing to break away from no not really not really it kind of fizzled out because at the time i was kind of a slow slow burn um, because at the time I was leaving, I had a little bit of doubts about. It. I expressed some of them to my uh, to my former boss, who who like in one of these conservative organizations, and he's like, he's like, uh, be be careful because Marx and socialists claim that their goal is freedom. Be careful you don't go too far. Um, <laughs> and and that, excuse me, looking back at that email, it was just so funny. Um, but, but they kind of thought that I was in, um, that I was still at least kind of with them. And I still kind of, I still kind of was, mm. um, and it was, it was, um, and then by the time that, that, that I like fully, I, I, I fully went to the left. Um, most of those people were just, they weren't really talking to me anymore because we weren't doing any work together. Um, they had moved on to their next thing. I'd moved on to my next thing. Um, and they seemed friendly. And honestly, I, I, we didn't have any sort of massive falling out. Nobody was like really pissed at me. I, I, I don't even know if they would even think that I've, that I've changed over, except if they're checking my social media. Gotcha. Um, I just haven't talked. I, I haven't talked to them. Honestly, I could... I could probably get away with writing some of my bosses in the conservative movement still down as references on a job, and I'd probably still get a reference. Yeah, I mean, hey, that that's that's great. <laughs> I, you know, I guess it was kind of a smooth transition because it happened so slowly. Um, another yeah. thing that that, that I, I I thought was interesting is you know you mentioned punk rock. I I, I I I you know it was was that one of the gateways kind of out of uh, the yes. thinking or to kind of like think for, for your- sure. For sure. It, it started out, it, it started out, I was one of those annoying people. You see those people in the videos of the Trump rallies that are dancing around to rage against the machine with mm-hmm. the flags. That was, I wrote an article almost advocating that kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. I wrote a, I wrote a column for Tea Party Patriots, uh, or for, no, for Tea Party Youth. It was like called Thank the Constitution for Punk Rock or something like that. Um, and, uh, and, and then I, I started to realize 
you know what, maybe they're, maybe they're not so stupid to believe that we could have autonomous systems while also promoting collectivist goals. Um, maybe, maybe the right wing conservatism isn't the right thing way to go. And then as I started to sort of fall out from that, from that job, um, I, I was already kind of learning some stuff on my own. Um, but I think the first sort of tipping point for me when I started to like completely de-identify with it was while I was doing right after I left that terrible job and I started to get into the band anti-flags podcast, they had a podcast back then called the anti-cast and then they were just kind of getting, yeah, yeah. They, they only did it for a brief period of time. I think they stopped it in like 2020. Um, but 2018, when this when when I was going through that, I started to get into that show, and they're t- explaining some of like the leftist principles a little bit more. They're probably a little further left than even I am. Um, but as I was listening to it, I just it was kind of just giving me like a one a one hundred one type introduction um, yeah. to those ideas, and then. And and that that's what that's what set for it. Then I kept like looking like I don't want to like look for typical like mainstream Democrat content. I was like looking for stuff that was somehow at least tangentially related to 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 punk rock and and to that that sort of leftist libertarian bent. Um, and then I just kept finding more content up until like I found Street Fight Radio and then a bunch of other stuff. And then everything started to uh, to to flow in and, and make all the sense in the world to me. Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I think that that makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of um, parallel thinking or parallel paths, uh, you know, for 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 me too. I mean, I'm I, I've been, uh, you know, big into punk rock uh, for for a long time, and I think I think that that did go a long way, uh, uh, you know, to to solidify kind of my values and and the things that are important to me um yeah there 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 there's a lot of of great messages to to glean i mean and and just anti flag they i i i was not a big anti flag uh fan as a kid i had a lot of friends who who loved them and i didn't really pay them any mind I, you know i i was very much into like uh, you know, more mainstream pop punk stuff. Um, but, yeah. but, um, the, the, the last few anti-flag albums have been really great. I'm not sure if you've listened to any of them, but, but they're, they're, they've been, they're really great. Like the last three that they put out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the, the last one that, um, the last one that I got into was like, I think it was a, a American attraction. I think they might've released a couple after that. Uh, but there was one at some time in in 2020 that that a bunch of themes around the um, around what was going on with Trump and and that situation that was only like there. Yeah, I I that, I that was part of the build for that podcast. Oh man, that's because because I played that album so much that that year, 2020 when I mean yep. everything everything hit the fan you know i i remember that i think the album came out before like before bernie was was out you know before yeah. it hit like and, and just everything like came true and it was it was very dark and uh um sad but, but it <laughs> The really funny part was like, like you'll listen to, oh yeah, the, the song, the disease. If you hear that, you're like, 
you're like, this was this was definitely written after March 2020 when Noah was probably released sometime in 2019. Yeah, yeah. Because it's talking about some kind of, uh, talking about a pandemic, but then also a uh, pandemic of disinformation as well at the same time. And it, yeah. And I, I, I obviously, when I first heard the song, I had, we had nobody had any idea, but then it just made, it made all the sense in the world. It was very, very prescient. It, that's that's the perfect word for it. I I couldn't agree more. That's that's how I felt. One question I definitely wanted to ask was, you know, on on kind of a more personal level, how how do you deal and how do you cope with a miserable work environment? Because that's that's something I think everyone does a little bit differently. Um, honestly, it, for me, it, it 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 depends, and my approach has differed at different times in my life. Um, at, at times it, it began with basically just, just hustling through it and knowing that I was going to make money out of this when I was working through those terrible jobs. First off, instinctually, I would freeze up, I would freeze up mentally. And then I would just basically just give in. I would, I would just give in to whatever they're telling me. It was just like, give in, try to force myself to be as much like them as possible, mm. make myself when amongst the Romans, be like the Romans. Yeah. Um, then, it, then my approach sort of shifted to being uh, more of an approach of like, I don't really care about this, and being able to sort of detach myself from it, and being it, and then, and especially when I got like decent remote work, I'm like, okay, let me just separate myself from it. I, honestly, I'm probably not the best person to ask about coping skills a multiple time multiple time dropout of various forms of therapy um but good advice don't worry yeah yeah (laughs) yeah but um but sort of being able to detach from it and sort of being able to like put it into another into another space in my life um at, at times when it got to when it when it got too much um and then, and then the more purposeful the work, the easier it is for me to basically just take, take my fighting instinct and apply it to, and apply it to, to the purpose behind it, not necessarily to the, um, to the work itself. Um, so it, it's definitely a matter of like being able to remove yourself from it and sort of, even if you're only diluting yourself into that knowing that it is that 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 what you're experiencing is somehow is somehow temporary that it's not that 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 this employment is not going to be forever and then the other thing is is that when you have something that you believe strongly for like i have a very very strong will very strong instinct to fight and then knowing that if i if i just give up and leave then there's nobody else that's going to be left to uh, to, to to stand up against whatever is um, whatever is wrong there, um, and and then and then lastly, um, I have I have found that that in some cases, sometimes being transparent, if you're with the right person, being transparent with the right with with people in your workplace about what you're struggling with can help. And then I've also come to a point where if if I tell you if I tell you who my true self is. And I show that to you, and then you don't want to work with me, then that's 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 fine. It's good that you've chosen to work that that we've chosen to not work with each other because I'm not the right person to work with you. But what gives you the freedom to do that is is like having enough set up for yourself financially that you can that you can walk away from something. Definitely, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. And, and, and that's something that I still work on um, today, even with saving up a good amount of money. Um, I'm still probably I'm probably spend a bit above what I what it should be. But if you have that, if you know that you can that that you can on a mutual level just say, well, no, this is this is not right, um, and be able to work with only those people that are compatible with what you have to offer. Um, then you can do that. And I do believe I haven't had, I've had a little bit of success that not terrible amount of success, but I believe that framing things from the beginning, like I will use sometimes it's a concept in marketing called attraction marketing, where instead of pushing something on somebody, you are attracting those who want what you have to offer. So I will put language in my, in my resume stuff about like social responsibility, advocacy, um, things on that, like on my LinkedIn as well, that'll make it clear that this is, this is who I am. This is what you're getting. And if you want that, then you should definitely reach out to me. And then if you, if you get it, you're not that kind of person and you still reach out to me, then it's kind of, your bad for not, for not yeah. reading the description of what right you're, buddy. you're buying. Yeah. I mean, I, I, um, I, I think it's super important to be authentic, your authentic self at work, but I mean, it's, it's, a, it's extremely difficult. You know, I, I, I I very rarely ever ever been able to to stop playing pretend at at a job. Um, so I, I I think when you find that that place, I think that can be uh, you know really special, even if it's not the best job. You know, I mean, I I think those are the ones that I tend to stay at for the longest. Are the ones I can actually like let, let my guard down at, and I feel like I I can just be myself. Um, for sure for sure that's and that's the key thing and i saw a study that like 77 percent of workers would consider leaving an employer that didn't focus on their well-being and i even made a point on my tiktok recently which it's at fixer punk f-i-x-e-r-p-u-n-k on tiktok um about how even like for bad jobs or like for random part-time gigs or whatever if the employer is treating you well and treating you like an actual human and not treating you like dirt even if it's not necessarily like the best job that will be something that you'd want to do and there'll be people that are maybe overqualified or whatever and and people instead nobody wants to work anymore there will be people that will want to work these jobs for a little bit of extra money because they but if they're being treated well, but if they're being treated poorly, then of course you're not, nobody who is not absolutely desperate is going to walk in the door of your, of your place of employment. Yeah, no, that, that, that is the truth. Um, I, I've, I've, I've got a couple more questions for you, but I know we're, sure. we're, uh, we're going to be wrapping up soon. Um, I, I, I wanted to ask, you know, at this point in, in your life, after all of that, do you, do you feel like you escaped the trap um, and if not, do you think that escape is, is possible? Um, um, I, I don't believe that I have necessarily escaped the trap. I believe that to use wrestling terms, I have managed to grab the rope and, 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 and they had to, and they had to let me out. <laughs> um, but I, but I, I have, I have, I, I have not won the, I, I have not won the, won the fight yet. I think that, is I I am a very lucky person. I will say that I had a great great upbringing. I have a, I had a family that 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 supported me. A family that continues to support me. Um, so I have some I have some advantages, and I feel like for me it will be it may be possible 
to escape it and feel like I am fully in control. But every day, like I can't necessarily figure out, okay, how am I, I have a grand plan. And if everything like this works out, if everything works out, I have my podcast going, I have a, a, I have a speaking tour. I have, um, advocacy organizations are paying me for consulting services. Um, and I get myself over, I get myself super popular then I can, then I can make it out of all of this, all of this nonsense and start to help others out. Um, from the day to day, it feels pretty tough. It feels pretty bleak sometimes like you're not going to be able to make it. But I think that's sort of by design because you have to, to be able to do something different and to go against what is the typical model. It takes a whole lot more energy. It like takes like 10 times more mental energy and thought than to just give in and, and go with it. Um, I, I believe and I hope that it is possible, but I feel like I may have to push through it again. And that's what I'm, I'm sort of dreading it right now because slow season in my business, got some money, but I'm, but I'm like, okay, am I going to have to go back in there, find myself another weird part-time job or gig or yeah. go into a full-time job and see how that's going to that's going to feel. So I may have to then like go through it. And it definitely, it feels very demoralizing because it feels like as soon as you walk that door, like you've, like you've sold your soul and like you're, like you're trapped. Definitely. So it's like, okay, am I going to be able to just go straight out of here? Am I going to be able to go straight out of here, land my finisher, get this done and get, and get the win right now in this time? Or am I going to have to go through a longer gauntlet of, of battles and going back into the same thing that I was trying to escape and, and realize that the only way out is through. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's uh, a scary prospect. So my last, the last question I have for you, Grayson is this is uh, hypothetical. Um, And I, I do think you've done a good job at kind of maybe illustrating it um, just over the course of our conversation. Um, but what would your life look like if you didn't need to, to toil and, and, and work these, these jobs and all your needs were met? Like, you know, and it, it doesn't have to be super idyllic, but, um, you know, what, what do you think your life would look like uh, if, if all of this struggle was, 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 was not the main priority? Um, what I think that really, um, what it would look like, it was, it, it would, it would feel a lot more, it would feel a lot more peaceful, it would feel like relief, like, and like, I could actually do things that I believe would have an impact on other people's lives positively, instead of doing whatever I'm being given money for. Um, I have, I have family members and, and things like that, that may, that may need help, um, I have the possibility to be able to continue producing my own content and doing that stuff um, and trying to meaningfully impact the world through thoughts and ideas. Um, I, I also, um, uh, with, with some of my, my autism-related issues, I probably feel a little bit more comfortable that if something ever went wrong and I needed to get more extensive mental health treatment, sure. that, that, I could, that I could deal with that. And I'd be able to do that. And I feel like I would be freed up to, to like more fully recover mentally, but then also to be able to have a greater positive impact on others, on others' lives, um, and be able to take more risks without, without thinking of them. And I feel like also my relationships, my ability to, 
to to be with friends, my ability, which uh, is kind of lacking, and my ability to be uh, to to be with to be with family would would also improve because there's not like the tension of what's Grayson doing? He's just laying around there. And there's we don't want him to be dependent for the rest of his life. We don't want him to 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 be running around in circles the rest of his life and not doing anything. That uncertainty and removing and and, and removing that, I think, then opens up. Um, a greater level of connection that you're not worried about, like not this that, that question of what do you do. Uh, I could say something that I'm passionate about and good and and I like doing, but then um, also that there's no like stigma or fear that something is going to uh, that, that that that's not going to be enough, or that exactly. there's a looming deadline out in the future where you have to go back into your metaphorical cage. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's a great answer. I, I, I've, you know, long thought that this kind of structure is really is a, a, a destroyer of bonds between families and, and friends and loved ones, you know, it's, it's, it's keeping people apart and, uh, keeping them from, you know, I guess, self-actualizing. Um, so I, th- I think all, all of that makes perfect sense. Um, did you have anything you wanted to to bring up or discuss before we wrap up? Um, you know, I, I I want you to be able to to say anything that we might, might have missed over the course of the the podcast. Um, I think you covered it very well, Connor. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. Um, I do feel like um, a lot of it has to do. There's a lot of fear and a lot of hesitation involved. As I was getting out of this job, the 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 last one, last part-time job that I, that, that I had, the one that was very controlling, I was going through the process of um, doing uh, some treatments called neurofeedback that were sort of calming down my anxiety and my PTSD and my stress responses. Um, and I do feel like the, that like personal and individual growth is very important to being able to make collective social change. Um, and I, and I think that there is a need in that space. Um, and that's something that I try to discuss on my podcast, the fixer punk podcast. So, um, for those that are interested in some of the topics I've mentioned, interested in possibly building the future, taking some of that expertise that I had from the conservative side, because on the conservative side, we had so much really good infrastructure. Everything was so well organized, not necessarily as much on the left. Um, and then also working on building up your own life, building up outside infrastructure and systems to do better for the world as a whole, then I'd love to, um, I'd love to go along that journey with you and you can, um, be in touch with me and follow along with me through the fixer punk podcast, um, F I X E R P U N K.com. It's on all the major podcast platforms, fixerpunk.com. I'm also at fixerpunk on both TikTok and Instagram. Twitter is at Grayson Nation, G R E Y S O N N A T I O N. Um, and then my consulting practice, if anybody who's listening to this is in the whole business of political advocacy and really in what I call overall the business of changing the world and wants to um, work with me directly, then my consulting practice is called Offspeed Solutions, and that's at O-F-F-S-P-E-E-D-S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S dot 
gmail.com. Um, and if you want to reach out to me directly over email, that's Grayson, G-R-E-Y-S-O-N, at offspeedsolutions.com. And thank you so much, Connor, for having me. This has really been an enlightening and refreshing conversation, and we have a lot of shared experiences. And I, I'm so glad that I had this opportunity. I agree 100%. Thank you so much for uh, you know coming on and, and uh, telling me your story. And I, I hope we can uh, get a chance to, to chat again, maybe on a later episode of the podcast. I would definitely love to be back here, and I appreciate the work that you're doing here. Well, hey, thanks. I appreciate that, and I think that's a great note to end on. So once again, thank you, Grayson. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. You can find all of Grayson's links in the show note, links to his social media, links to his uh, podcast, the Fixer Punk Podcast. If you would like to be a part of Job Jumpers, if you would like to either be on the podcast or write your job jumping story to be read on the podcast, please, please, please email me at jobjumperspod at gmail.com. Please go ahead, like, rate, review, subscribe to podcasts on Apple Podcasts and all the other platforms that exist out there. Uh, it would be much appreciated. Please follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram. We are at JobJumpersPod. And that's about it for now. Keep jumping, friends.